Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Katie Conicella. She's the co-founder and lead instructor at Bulldog Yoga, which is a really cool project that I would love for you to tell us about. First, welcome Katie. Hi, well, thank you, Kelsey, for having me on your show. I'm very happy to be here today talking with you. I'm so excited you're here. Yeah. So Bulldog Yoga, uh, I guess we'll get right into it. We, the intention behind Bulldog Yoga was to, is to make yoga more accessible and approachable uh, to many people. So we realized that there were, there's a, there was a big market of people who were not um, getting the benefits of a yoga practice because of some barriers that the yoga, the world, yoga world just inherently has, um, which, you know, some people were intimidated by the Sanskrit language, the chanting, the the use of, you know, oming and namaste. And um, as much as I always like to say that I have respect and honor for the lineage of yoga, I've, you know, I've done two yoga trainings myself. However, there are people who um, aren't really into that side of it. So we took all that out and we developed a brand that brings the physical part of yoga um, with some really great music to, um, to many people. And it's really fun. And are you guys a local studio? Are you virtual? How's it work? Yeah, we have two uh, studios, one in Villanova, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. And the other studio is in Boulder, Colorado. So we've got a presence on the East Coast and close to the West Coast. And we also have an online platform where you can um, you know, take a bunch of classes, different formats. You know, We have got 60-minute classes, 45-minute classes, some 15, 20-minute classes online. So really great variety. Um, of offerings online if you don't live in Pennsylvania or Colorado. All right. So now I'm purely asking for me, um, how do I get access to those? We usually do the stuff at the end, but I want to know how do I get access to those online classes? Is there like a membership fee? What's the rate? So you just go to bulldogonline.com and you actually, we're right now running a special, uh, your first 30 days free which is great. So you can try out a bunch of different um, of our teachers, which we call leaders and a different, different um, class styles. And then once you're through your 30 days, you have an option to, to buy a month subscription or you can pay for a day pass. Uh, there's a few different pricing options, but it's absolutely very affordable. I want to say around $12 a month. I hope I'm speaking correctly, but I know the first month right now is free. <laughs> give it a shot <laughs> that's exciting thank you i'm always as we moved to sarasota florida um a year ago tomorrow and i don't know if i should say this publicly but i'm already halfway through the sentence so i'm gonna say it i just haven't found a studio here that i love yeah so true. i've been playing with like online options occasionally and just yeah. doing my own flow yeah that's tough when you don't have a studio that you really connect with in your hometown Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, give us, give it a shot and hopefully maybe you can, um, find that you like the classes online. Yeah. All right. Now let's get into everything else. All right, everything. Uh, so how did you get connected with Bulldog Yoga? What's your backstory? 
my backstory is um, I've always been into fitness and wellness and living a very health conscious lifestyle. I did the whole corporate America thing for a while in my 20s, um, pharma sales, healthcare consulting, all that fun stuff. And then I, I did two yoga certifications, two trainings, and taught yoga for a while, then kind of realized, oh, this is a lot to make a living. So I went back to the corporate world and then dipped back into the yoga world. And um, I was actually at a point in my life, July 2015, where I just moved home from Chicago back to Philadelphia just to kind of reassess what I wanted to do with my life. And one of my really good girlfriends introduced me to John, um, John Cummins, who is um, had this idea to make yoga more fun. And he pitched the idea saying that, you know, he himself is a guy who enjoys going to yoga class, but he just feels as if it could be done in a way that's, you know, more inclusive, more fun, less serious. And I said, all right, let's do it. I'll give it a shot. So we spent, you know, six to seven months together building this brand and creating templates, hiring yoga teachers and training them on the way to teach bulldog style. Um, and we opened our doors our, for our first studio in that following February, so February 2016. Um, and it was, it was an intense ride. It was definitely one of those opportunities that uh, I think was serendipitous that it came across my way. I mean, it's funny how all my previous career experiences not not very linear, but all led to this, led to me being able to, to fill this role and take on this opportunity. So it's been, it's been really great. I've met so many amazing people along the way um, I've, that I've learned a bunch from. So it's, it's just cool how life works sometimes. The most unplanned things come across your path. And when you take that opportunity, you learn things about yourself and about others that you just didn't know possible. Mm. And I want to know everything you learned, but first I love how you say like, it wasn't linear, but it all led up to this. Yeah. That's yeah. totally how like my experience was. Mm -hmm. I'm a, I'm a certified professional coach. I, <clears throat> I have my master's in marine biology. Like mm -hmm. what's the connection there? Except that it's so connected. I was super curious. Yeah. And so I was asking all these questions about animals and animal behavior. And then I am still just super curious now about humans. It's really the same thing. I just get faster answers. Yep. Yeah. It all it definitely inner, you know, all plays together and weaves together. So it's, it is really cool when you're able to see it from that perspective. Yeah. And we can only, only see it when we're on the other side. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. There's a Steve Jobs quote. You can't connect the dots looking forward. I don't know if I, I probably butchered that. But basically, yeah. looking ahead, you can't see how it's all going to fit together. Yeah. Hindsight's always 20 20. Mm hmm. Yeah. All right. So what did you learn along the way? Oh my goodness. So much. Um, wow. Where do I start? So I learned, I think I learned honestly what I, I what I meet personally, what I was capable of doing. And um, I learned to really put my faith to test, mm -hmm. um, to really trust um, that I, I was capable of doing something that I'd never done before. And I also learned that, um, really saw firsthand like the power of people that are working for the same like goal coming together and like when you think when you when you really can't see 200 feet in front of you but you know when you've got the right team in place that things are just going to happen and line up and things are going to just like fall into place and so trusting so again the faith and the trust um 
I learned that some of the best, some of the biggest failures, quote unquote failures along the way are usually the biggest blessings that show you um, something you need to see and you learn the learnings they say, like you have to learn from your mistakes. And sometimes we, we all don't like hearing that. I mean, I don't I'm like, oh, uh, but when you experience it and you're like, well, thank gosh that happened because if I didn't make that mistake, um, then I wouldn't, we wouldn't be here. So, and it's all, you know, a lot of, and also like this, this, um, the business being cyclical. So life is cyclical, obviously. And also when I'm learning in the business, um, you know, the first time I experienced maybe one of my rock star teachers having to part ways and like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? The world's going to come crashing down. Like you're like, you just move on and realize like, because you've created an infrastructure that's so strong that can handle that, like there's, you're going to be fine. And you learn how to um, how to, to, to either fill that void or like shift things around and realize, oh, the puzzle pieces actually fit better because of that piece now have, having moved on. And so what's cool about that as well is that you also just, I like to say I, um, I've become kind of a pretty good curveball hitter. So you get thrown so many curveballs in this game, you know, when you're setting out to like, you build something and there's no template, you're building the templates of how this is going to look that there's really, yes, there's some blueprints to how to, to deal with situations, of course. Um, but sometimes you're like, shoot, I didn't expect that to come. How am I going to, how am I going to hit this one? And then it becomes kind of fun. You kind of hone in on your, your ability to be resilient and to, to be able to think even quicker on your feet and to make judgment calls in a way that you don't have a lot of time to make a decision. Um, so those have all been really cool learnings, um, that I would not have been able to learn, you know, by reading a book, I had to go through it and live it. Yeah. So if you were to talk to yourself in 2015 or actually take it back farther to before you even knew that this was going to be a thing, mm-hmm. what, what would you tell your, your younger self? To keep trusting my heart and following my gut because like I mentioned, my career choices were not linear and to the outside world, my immediate people, my family, like, what the heck are you doing? This is a great job. Why are you leaving? But it's like, in my heart and like my intuition, I knew some of the, some of my job changes were not, you know, vertical, they were maybe lateral, but it just, there was different um, skill sets I was going to develop in those different jobs that I decided to take on. And, um, and that's why I really, um, I really believe in establishing a practice with yourself, whether it's meditation or prayer, whatever it is, so that you are so in tune with your internal environment and your what is in your heart and your desires that when you make choices that may not look logical to the outside world you know that you have to keep going forward despite any resistance you're getting from external forces because if you keep taking steps that are in alignment with who you believe yourself to be eventually those pieces are going to all fall into place and you're gonna be like oh like thank gosh I listened to myself and trusted myself because this all has come together in a way I could not have ever planned oh my goodness yes what is your personal practice or how has it evolved through all of this it it it, it, it honestly it, it has evolved it changes um there's some things that uh are all very stable um stable with me you know from years for years um one of those things is yoga um uh, know when I'm committed to my physical practice and being in my body and moving um, the energies through my body through yoga practice and the breath, I feel that's one way I'm able to keep myself 
really balanced and feel like I'm, I can trust my internal environment about what my thoughts and feelings may be. Um, meditation, I go back, you know, being, um, having silence, you know, I wouldn't even say I have a very developed meditation practice, but I, I do take time to be silent and still. And, um, but also more than that is the mindfulness that comes from meditation. So just being present with what I am, what I'm doing, even the smallest task. And it's so easy to go on autopilot that it's um, just, again, bringing that awareness back into tasks at hand and trying to be present with each thing. And um, or prayer, honestly, time with, um, for me personally, with my, you know, church, like weekly church for me, that is, um, I don't really want to talk religion on here, but uh, you asked what works for me. That is something that's really important to me and keeps me in a good place. Yeah. I think backing up to that silence, you said like, I don't really have a big developed meditation practice. And I think, I think that's something we all say, unless we're sitting for like four hours a day or we've been a monk or, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, silence for some people can be terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's a really good point you bring up. And I think, I think that um, loneliness can be terrifying to people. And there's that difference between being alone and being lonely. And I think that until we all can acknowledge that some necessities in life are not always going to be the most enjoyable things to go through, but they are absolutely pivotal for our own growth. So if you're in a season of being alone, trying to switch your perspective on it, of not loneliness, but seeing how you can deepen your relationship with yourself, whether that's through a new hobby or learning something or branching out in your community in a different way. Um, and yeah, silence can be scary in the same way because we're all, we're so used to being overstimulated um, whether through social media, being on our phones, anything that we kind of drown out anything going on inside, but it's just one of the healthiest things we all can do for ourselves, which then is healthy for everyone else around us. If we just allow ourselves to sit with the silence and just be with what comes up. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a beautiful reframe about loneliness. I really like that as an opportunity to really develop your relationship with yourself. Yeah, I think, thank you for saying that. I, um, I mean, I, and I can tell you, I've, I, I've lived that. Um, I, I'm single and definitely have, you know, you go through that whole thing, like, oh, it'd be nice to have a partner. And like, yeah, we, we, if we're human beings, we all crave and we're wired for connectedness. Um, but I truly believe that there's no need to be in a partnership with someone unless you feel as if you're, you've really taken the time to figure out yourself in a way that you're able to show up for yourself and your partner wholeheartedly. And you've got, you're each coming together as whole people. You're not feeling mm -hmm. overwhelmed for one another. Um, yeah. So I think the whole being able to be alone, um, it's not easy, but it's sometimes, like I said, it's just, it's necessary. And, if people can, if, if people are realizing they're, they're entering into a season in their life of like, oh, I think this is like, you know, alone or alone, alone time or loneliness. I don't like the, the word loneliness, but I, I get it. Um, just to try to reframe their perspective on it and how they can switch their mindset and see what, what amazing stuff can come from that season.
and it's not forever. It's all temporary. Yeah. I was just talking about this earlier today. Um, a couple of years ago, well, like 2015, I had pneumonia for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard some people get, are like done in two weeks with it, but no, I had it for eight weeks. And for me, the overwhelming emotion that came with it was loneliness. Mm. Like I couldn't, I was, I wasn't sleepy tired. So I wasn't sleeping all day, but I had very, I was, I was tired. So I, I read a lot of books, but I wasn't, it wasn't hanging out with people. Right. Right. And, um, and the gifts from that experience, like I really learned to value sleep and rest. Absolutely. It was an eight week tutorial. Oh my goodness. In rest. I can only imagine. Yeah. And that's an, another good point you bring up. It's, um, yeah, like you just, but yeah, things you can learn and like lessons that you're being shown to you in those periods of your life, but also the importance of um, satisfying loneliness in ways that are healthy, right? So if you're lonely, I'm not just going to go on a dating app and get myself a boyfriend. Okay, let's see how I can get involved with my community and find like-minded people who enjoy the same hobbies or activities. Um, because I, or how I can be of service to others, right? So just being in connection with people and realizing that your loneliness not, might not be because, I don't know, you're single or something, but because there's so much more um, to experience with other people. And it just, I know from personal experience when I put myself in community and, and with people um, having conversation, sharing an activity, it is such a game changer with my mood, with just my outlook. And it's, it's a simple thing. I mean, we have access to people all the time. And it's just also a good reminder for us to be aware of people who may be going through a season of loneliness and be extra um, compassionate towards them and make sure we're reaching out to them to make sure they, they know that they're, they're loved and that they're, you know, have friends. Mm. Yeah, we're all in this together. We really and, are. and we all have, we all have energy. So we all like our energy comes first and then we come into the room and yeah, when we're surrounded by people with the energy that we want to be surrounded with, oh my God, it's electrifying. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. It is. Humans, humans are amazing and hilarious. And hilarious. Yeah. And that's another thing too. One of my learnings, going back to that is like, just don't be too serious. Don't take it too seriously. Right. It's like, you know, having that, um, you know, lightheartedness and being able just to laugh at stuff that does wonders. That's medicine in and of itself. Yeah. People have asked me, I, I recently had a friend be like, Oh, are you a people watcher? I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. I was a lifeguard all through high school and college. Like that's how you entertain yourself. Yeah. And I think I was a people watcher before that anyway, cause I just, people are amazing. Totally amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's not, you could spend a whole afternoon doing that. Mm-hmm. I remember this one kid that used to, this is actually sad because he would like try and get attention by thrashing in the pool. And I just, I knew he was perfectly safe. I would just sit there and watch him. But like, that was probably loneliness right there. Crying out for attention. Mm -hmm. And that's why, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about. I mean, this is before we were recording or not, but when we were talking about being aware and the awareness of, 
ourselves and what we need to fill ourselves up so we can fill other people up and be of service to people in you know around us and if you're you're not aware of what's going on with you there's no way you can be aware of what's going on around you and so that's what always starts with self-awareness so that, that that can trickle out and yeah it's um it's heartbreaking when you see people so obviously crying out for attention you just want to like love on them and help them like find peace inside themselves because mm-hmm. we all have access to it yeah we do and we can't necessarily help people no. who aren't ready to be helped right you just have to be a shining light and you know live by example and be the best you can for them in the moment and they're ready to receive that's great if not just always be a, a strong steady force that's available yeah so what have you learned as the things you need to fill your bucket mm. um i need a schedule um being in a, a position where you know we're a seven-day business um even though i'm available on my phone text me for emergencies you know I learned one thing that really helped me is scheduling myself certain hours during the week at the studio and making dates with myself, whether it's some weeks I can do three dates with myself a week, you know, a certain fitness class I'm going to schedule and go to, and it's a non-negotiable thing. Um, you know, committing to dates with yourself just as much as you would commit to a date with your best friend or your significant other, like they're non-negotiable times on your calendar. Um, and um self like honestly being compassionate with myself not taking myself too seriously and that's um that's something i'm still kind of working on i think it's you know as you know being someone who's very driven and ambitious and wanting to do so much and be so much for everyone you have to realize you can't be at all and that's when you have to just hone in on okay what are my skills like what am i good at and then what am i not good at how can i delegate that and put the right people in place and that's you know again so having the right people around you and putting them in the right position so that everything just flows nicely and works. Um, and I'm still working on that. I've gotten to a much better place, but yeah, it's key to really know what kind of schedule will work and stick to that schedule. I think the the piece about like figuring out what you're good at and what you're not so good at and finding the right people and putting them in the right places is actually something that a lot of us struggle with in terms of these old stories of like, what do you mean you're not doing that bit by yourself? Like, are you lazy? No. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not. Um, and I think, again, it goes back to the conversation too earlier about, you know, years ago about, you know, growing up, we're supposed to do everything for everyone and almost be these martyrs. Right. And then by living in that way, if you end up neglecting yourself, then you can't be everything to everyone. It ends up combusting your face and then everyone loses. So I think, um, it's not being lazy. It's just being smart and realizing that not everyone is good at everything. Um, that it's a great way to allow other people to shine in their skill set, and it creates balance and harmony and just a really nice flow amongst the team. When doesn't mean I'm not. Of course, some days I'll be here cleaning the studio, doing the task of tasks of my front of my front desk team. But I'm never above a task where I will always pitch in when, you know, when I need to and when um, I think it's, you know, when I should. It's not about being above a task or too good for something. It's about knowing what, how to best use your skill set to benefit the company and the greater good, the team, whatever it is. And I think that's um, the opposite of being lazy. It's being smart with how you 
how you apply your time and how you put your team together. Yeah. And there are certain things that I do in my business that are really easy for me. And other things that are, are not, you know, it's kind of like I can feel my inner two-year-old stomping her feet and just like the whole thing is a struggle bus. Right. So I can hire somebody to do that. I'll hire somebody who that's easy for them. Yeah. And like they'll finish it with ease in 20 minutes. Whereas I'll be on the struggle bus working on it for two days. Right. And then it's like, why? Right. It's like, do yeah. we, and then it's cool. Cause then you can like even turn it into a little bit of like a self reflection. Like, wait a minute, why did I put myself through that? What am I trying to prove? What's going on here? How can I have prevent this from happening in the future? Yeah. There's always yeah. a learning available through that. Always. Yeah. <laughs> Always. And there's, there's also certain things that like everyone, well, we have this idea that everyone's supposed to be good at this. Everyone can handle it. You know, like everyone can cook for themselves and I happen to love cooking, but it's, it's not always easy. Oh yeah. Or maybe it's, you just don't have the time during a certain, you know, certain week you're just overscheduled or whatever happens. And I don't know about you, but then I find, then I start playing the like, blame game on myself where like I get guilty and then it's like wait a minute like ease up like I wouldn't like I said earlier do you want to treat yourself the way you would talk to your best friend and give them advice like just be easy on yourself you know it's we're human beings we're all just trying to do the best we can and some days we're going to hit home runs other days we are going to be striking out and that's okay and I love that so I try and look at it as everyone truly is doing the best they can Mm -hmm. I remember seeing it may have been Glennon who said this. Somebody said, like, shout out to the mom who brought cheese balls to the, like, the PTA meeting. That was her best today. Totally. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Or even mm-hmm. honest, how about this? Shout out to the mom who just showed up and was present. Maybe she couldn't even bring something. Yeah. She still knew the importance of her presence being there and decided to still show up without something because she, like, you know, let her pride go aside knowing that being there was the most important thing. Sometimes showing up is all we can do. And showing up is everything. Yeah. Like show up and be present. Wow. That, especially in our, our culture right now, like showing up is where the magic happens. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And again, it goes back to, and I'm so, you know, I think a lot of us are working on this. It's, um, you get into the mode of multitasking and going on autopilot. And sometimes that's great when the tasks are just not mindless, but don't require a lot of attention to another person. You can just kind of get a lot of things done. But, um, even, you know, like when you're with your friends, like I uh, mentioned this in another conversation last week, um, when you're out to dinner, I love when people put their phones in the center of the table and first person to pick up their phone has to pay the bill. Right. Mm-hmm. So that whole idea of like, we don't need to be on our phones. We're here together. Like, let's just show up and be present with one another and really enjoy this time that is so valuable. Yeah. The phone situation is such a funny phenomenon. Like, I've caught myself, I'm waiting for something and I reach for my phone. Why? What am I going to do with that? Yeah. I actually almost deleted my Instagram app today because I was like, oh, why do I open this app? Like, I like, too much, you know, like just for the reason of like, I don't need to be scrolling. Like I got to bring my, I have to find a better habit of yeah. something else to open or something else to be doing. And um, again, it's just first step is 
becoming aware of it and then seeing what else you can kind of fill that time with. Yeah. I'm all about a mindful relationship with my phone. My phone is a huge part of my business. So I'm keeping it, but I don't want to be just like aimlessly reaching for it. Yeah. I hear you. There are no answers in there. There's no, oh my God, I just like, I felt pulled to, I had to check my email right now. Don't know that. Most likely just you're addicted to your phone. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I will say, I'm, I think there's an addiction with my phone. Like I'm trying, you know, it's, whether it's an addiction or just a habit, and it's a habit I want to break. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing to try and break it other than potentially deleting Instagram? <laughs> I probably won't because I've got a lot of my our studio app, studio accounts on my Instagram. And then I was like, if I delete my Instagram, this is my thought process this morning driving. I was like, oh, I've got to probably, do I have to log into all those accounts again, the passwords? I was like, I should just keep it on my phone and not open it. Yeah. Um, uh, so what am I doing? I am, well, I silence my phone when I go to bed at night. I put it on, like I start like maybe like nine o'clock, um, put it on, do not disturb. Mm-hmm. I will not open it. I will not look at it. I just put it down. Um, that's really how I'm doing <laughs> like right now. I'm, I, I'm doing airplane mode. Oh, cool. Good. Yeah. yeah. So the difference is nothing comes through at all until you turn it back on. Mm-hmm. And when disturb, I just don't, I don't get alerted. I can look at the screen and see some things, but yeah. Um, that helps though. That really helps by just getting, putting the phone away at bedtime. Um, what I would like to start doing and it's, um, I've not been that great at it, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying is when I wake up in the morning, just not even go for like, use my alarm on my phone, but then put the phone away and have like 20 to 30 minutes of just a nice morning making tea or coffee sunrise. If I'm up that early, um, reading a devotional, like just setting the pace of my day without the darn phone. Yeah. So that, that's on my radar. Maybe I'll try that tomorrow. I've got a tricky relationship in the morning because I use, I like to use a meditation app. Oh, yes. so I meditate. I'll like pick up my phone, turn off my alarm. Then I drink warm water with lemon and then I meditate. And I do the first part of my meditation, I use an app. Yeah. So you need your phone. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Or I could just use my phone as a timer, but then I'm still using my phone. Right. So, or try just sitting. I could. I do have a timeline often because I'm like going to swimming. I could though go by an old school timer. Yeah, or maybe just try sitting with um, no timer and just see how long you last. Yeah, that's always a funny exercise because sometimes there's the I've had both experiences. One sitting and oh my god it's totally been 20 minutes and i look and it's been three and another it's been like uh it's been 10 minutes and i look and it's been like 40. yeah whoa who knew i could do that exactly you blow your own mind you're like wow yeah yeah Yeah, it's the whole sitting in silence and meditation thing it's like i said something i'm still letting evolve in my own life and i'm just trying i think the what I've heard and I can relate to as one of the biggest barriers to even just attempting to meditate. And I always, I spoke about this last week is start with two minutes, just two minutes. Yes. Don't have big lofty goals or expectations of yourself. Just start with two minutes and then see how that feels and go from there. Um, but yeah, so it's just funny, like being wanting to like, well, if I can't sit for 20 minutes, I shouldn't do it at all. No, no, no. Just sit for at least two and just, yeah, I think that whole twenty-minute idea came from TM, and there's so many other different kinds of meditation. 
I tend to, I like, I'll say like, even just one minute counts, even just like 30 seconds yeah. counts. Like if you can just center yourself, I find that super powerful just to like center myself for 30 seconds and then oh, grounded yeah. and can move forward. Yeah. And it goes, um, yeah, you're so right. And it's also like, that speaks to the fact that we all have access to the power in ourselves to control a situation, to control a moment, I should say. Um, and when I do a lot, when I'm leading a yoga class, I do when I really set the intention in the beginning of class with establishing, you know, a rhythmic breath and tuning into how your breath feels and realizing that if you can maintain the steady breath throughout the practice, that this breath will dictate your response to the external. So like maybe the discomfort you're feeling in a pose or what's going on in your mind, if you're able to control your breath, your internal environment with your breath, that will then eventually you'll notice, start to control how you respond to the external. So it's a very powerful tool that we all have access to. It's just a matter of realizing that the most powerful things in life don't have to be these complicated things. And I think that's where we think like, oh, we need a huge remedy for something. And sometimes it's like, just be still and tune into your inhales and exhales. And that's the hardest thing, right? The hardest thing, but it's the most available. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm always amused by, again, humaning. When we think about breathing, mm -hmm. we do it wrong. Like if you actually think about like, oh, it, like sometimes if I, when I'm, when I'm meditating, if I focus on like inhale, exhale, I'm like, do, do I need to inhale again? Is it? Yeah. Wait, I, did I, did I miss one? Did whew, I should breathe out? Like, oh, oh, I, I got all screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, I can't do this. And then you get frustrated. <laughs> yeah. At least I do. I mean, it's, and I like to make light of it because I hope, you know, if anyone's listening to this and they're, you know, at that point where they're trying to want to start meditating or just tune into their breath, like it's even, yeah, I can tell you what to do and how to do it, but like, I'm not perfect. I'm far from it. And I struggle with it sometimes too. It's just, um, it's just the, the idea of committing to trying it. And then like, it's not going to go great all, every time you do it, but at least get in the habit of resorting to your breath as a tool. Mm -hmm. It's a practice, right? Like, and the, the practice is coming back. Mm. The practice is seeing ourselves run away and be like, Oh no, come on back. Yes. Yes. I was, I was actually talking about this yesterday. Um, after swim practice, we had had a couple of hard kick sets and during one of them, my brain jumped ahead to, I have a tempo run this afternoon. Mm. Like, I don't want to do the hard kick set. And then I was like, uh-uh, right here, yeah. right now, right now you are a swimmer. Good for okay. you. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a that's the, And that's the practice. That's right. like five years of meditation right there right. has brought me to that point. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly, um, that's such a great example to share with all your listeners, because that is, uh, what meditation does, it, it, it then you're not, you weren't meditating in that moment, but you were being mindful in that moment. And yeah. mindfulness is a result of meditation. You're able yeah. to catch yourself and bring yourself back to that present moment. And that's all that matters is that very present moment. Yeah. And, and that mindfulness and meditation, they're not like, we're not going to see like, Oh, I'm getting better. You don't really, you don't really see quote unquote better, but you do see little experiences like that of like, huh, yeah, I brought, I, I ran away 
and I brought myself back. Absolutely. And those, and those little experiences are actually contribute to bigger, um, results or, um, moments because that little experience then kept you focused and you finished your kick set, right? So then yep. you have that, that subsequent shame and guilt of, oh, you know, after practice, we didn't finish it completely. And so that little experience actually contributed to a greater good of keeping you feeling like, all right, I got this, I'm on track. And that, that affects the rest of your day. At least it does for me. Mm-hmm. I have experience from the times that I gave in to the running away and gave up on something. Then I like to have this icky feeling about myself again, which I should just let it go and not have shame. But if there's that like feeling of, Oh, I should have stuck with it. So, right. Yeah. You just, yeah. Right. I call that, I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast yet, but I call it. So I think of meditation practice as, you know, we're watching traffic go by. So our thoughts are all the different cars and we can choose what we want to do with them. Like the, the ideal is we just sit and watch them go. The reality is we're like grabbing onto the car handles, like letting them run us over. And every once in a while, there's like this unmarked windowless van that drives by. Mm -hmm. And that's the self-sabotage van. The one that we so often just like run for, like it's an ice cream truck and it's not an ice cream truck. No, no, no. Mm -mm. So those moments when I see that and I'm like, oh, nah, I'm not getting in there. Yeah, no, yeah. And it's like, like it's a practice. It takes time. It takes yeah time to keep doing it so you can notice it more and when to like just stay put and what to what thoughts not to latch on to um yeah it just goes back to also the idea of um all these different you know thoughts or um you know law of attraction and your, your thoughts become your words and your word your and your actions and so we are creating our reality in our heads yes. so it really is so it's like we have the choice to create an amazing reality and it starts with knowing our internal vibration and getting very calm with our, you know, ourselves and our thoughts and choosing our thoughts very wisely and then feeding those thoughts. So always continuing to focus on the thoughts that we want to see happen in our lives. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful. And, and the first step, again, is awareness, is being able to hear, like, the brain is not naturally quiet. The brain is naturally a drunk monkey and it's all over the place, super busy, super chatty. Yeah. And in um, Untethered Soul, Michael Singer talks about it as a roommate. That is on my Audible. I listened to that, I've listened to that book so many times. And that's actually funny. That's been a bedtime book for me. If I can't oh. Remember, there's some books, one of Wayne Dyer's books and uh, Michael Singer's Untethered Soul. Like that, it's just very calming to me because it's like so comforting. I don't know. It is. I, I totally see that. And his next book, actually. Oh, I forget the name of the, his second book, but that was a bedtime book for me. Yeah. I think, let me see. I think I Where someone that. asked me like, what's that about? And I was like, it's actually a very boring book, but for some reason, like I can't put it down. Yeah. And I think it's because it just gives us permission to like be on unta- like just like detach and just surrender. Yeah. Uh, this book I have on, I have it right here. Oh. On the Surrender Experiment. Yes. That- but yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I had 54 minutes left in that one, but yeah, he's, I mean, those books, um, and that's another great, you know, resource for people who are, you know, maybe just like, so feel as if they're so far away from a meditation practice, um, listening to books like that or reading books like that, which help, 
you know, give a different perspective or frame things differently for you that you can relate to in a way. Yeah. There's so many good resources out there and it's, um, which I'm very grateful for because like I, I, like I said, it's a practice and it's, you got to know how to feed it. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different ideas and styles. Take what you want, leave what you don't want. Yeah. And you can change your mind at any time. Mm-hmm. I know when I, I think it was the first time I read Untethered Soul and I was reading about the chatty roommate mm-hmm. and I ran a 5k and something about where I had stopped in the book the night before made like the chatter was like I couldn't tolerate it I was like I need to get home and keep reading so I can like just shush like it was like the volume was too high yeah yeah I I get that it's um it's funny in some days you know you ask me like what works for me and it it really depends on the day sometimes um you know you always want to have your ritual or routine something that you can, you know, find solace in that, you know, it's going to help set the pace for or the tone for something. But when it comes to our mind, I mean, especially day to day, if you're dealing with different um, circumstances at work or even in relationship or family, like sometimes what you think might work doesn't work and you have to have access to other, um, you know, resources that will help you get your mind to a place where you can be like just kind of stable and still and digest what's going on externally. Yeah. I know some days I'm like all for the guided meditation. Other times I'm like, shh, yeah. stop talking. Why are you talking so much? <laughs> yeah. Or like sometimes I'm like, all right, we put on some like, all right, some my worship music I love to listen to. Or sometimes I'm like, no, I can't. I just need to like have like Joel Osteen on preaching at me through my TV. Like tell me, you know, just. Yeah. Bring, bring me back to life. Like, all right, it's all good. Like this is, you know, you just, so, so I have quite a few different things that I can tap into depending on what I need and where I am. And so it's not a, it's not a one thing fixes everything. There's many different ways we can, we can um, bring awareness and control over our mind. And it sounds like going back to what you said earlier, it sounds like for you, and I agree with this, the key is knowing yourself. Yeah. So you can hear what you need that day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because knowing ourselves is, I think it's one of the most complex, but at the same time, one of the most beautiful things possible. Like what did, um, is it sex in the city? Where she says like the relationship, the biggest relationship she has, the best relationship she has is with herself. I think what the sex in the city quote is. I don't it know. It feels like it is. Yeah. Something like that, but it's true. It's like, you have to develop you know, the most intimate, intricate relationship with you, with your mind, your body and soul, and know what fills your spirit and what, because if you can't, if you don't know yourself, then no one else can. And it's, um, I don't know, I think it's cool because you could go, there's ways to go pretty deep in it and really like want to like learn about yourself and different ways to apply it. Um, and it's not easy. So I don't want the people, I don't want people to think it's an easy thing to do, but it's absolutely a worthwhile thing to do. Yeah, I would describe it as ease e. Like you can do it with ease. Yeah. But yeah. it's not easy. No, yeah. And it's it's, um, com- it's messy. Oh, it's messy. I think that's why it's not easy because we all know we're human beings. We're we have stories in us, you know, we've mm-hmm. got 
scars from when we were, you know, just like emotional stuff going on from when we were kids that left impressions that we didn't know about. And so you start digging up as an adult and you're like, oh, well, maybe that's where that behavior pattern came from. And so it's like, it's not, it's not necessarily an enjoyable process, but it really does reveal so many amazing things and it makes life it makes the ride just more, I think it does make the ride more enjoyable. The more you can understand why you are the way you are and what you need in your life to keep you fulfilled. Right. Because to be in flow, we've got to be in an alignment and to be in alignment, we need to know who we are. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, this conversation is so fun. It is. Is there anything um, we haven't talked about yet that you want to talk about? I mean, I feel like I could talk to you for for hours. Um, I knew that on our first phone conversation. I was like, Oh, I love chatting with Kelsey. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm happy to talk about anything. I think, um, if there's anything else you want to ask me, I'm always, you know, I'm happy to answer, but I like where the, the direction this went with the awareness and just knowing yourself and knowing that there's many resources out there that you can use to, you know, to be present and to help figure out your, your own mind. Cause the mind is a crazy thing. <laughs> All right. Then one more question. Going back to when you were starting Bulldog Yoda, Yoga, um, fear. Yeah. Like, what was the scariest part of that? Um, I think it's interesting. If I really were to look back and be really honest about where I was in my life at that point, I was 31. I had just left Chicago. I had a broken engagement. I was back at square one living in my parents' house, like I said, 31 years old. And on societal terms, like, aren't you not married with babies yet? Like those thoughts and fears crept into my head. Um, and then starting agreeing to, you know, go in and start this business. Um, I think in that moment, those moments were my fear of what the heck is going on with my life. It's not where I thought it should be. And I was, um, I think I was afraid of the unknown of, of maybe not ever getting to where I thought I should be. Um, so that was one personal fear going on that I was dealing with of just like, what the heck is going on? And then that's what led to more trust and faith of like letting go and realizing, all right, like there's nothing to fear here. Like this is an amazing opportunity. Let's just embrace it and go full throttle with it. Um, so that was one aspect like for, with personal fears of, Oh my gosh. And then business fear of, you know, realizing that I was going to be recruiting yoga teachers, established yoga teachers in the, in our area to agree to get trained on the bulldog way of teaching when I had no brick and mortar to show them. I was like, but trust me, there's going to be a yoga studio there. We're building it out. Like the fear of like, how am I going to pull this off? I just created this, um, these templates. I've got to convince these well, well, like known, very established, very well-respected yoga teachers to work for me and to learn my way of teaching and agree to teach. It was all those fears of like, why would they want to buy into this? And that's where, again, I had to be like, well, we'll just see how this goes. I'm just going to put it out there and trust that it's all going to fall into place. And it did, as it always usually does fall into place the way it should. Um, so those are my biggest fears at the beginning of like, is this going to work? What am I doing? Why am I here? Like, you know, just all those questions of like, what is going on? This doesn't make sense in my head, but, uh, you just got to let go of the fear. And I think whenever I find myself currently getting into a state of fear, 
I just have to dig deeper and ask myself why, like what's really causing that fear and how can I reframe my perspective on something and just approach it with love. And I know that sounds so cliche, but as soon as we just turn into switch on, switch into love and coming from a place of love versus fear, it just lightens things. The heavy, you can feel the heaviness dissipate and just your, your lens just shifts. So I don't know if I answered your question, but that's kind of my, my thing. Well, you did. And I think it's really interesting how the fears that you describe, they kind of all come down to fear of missing out FOMO and fear of other people's opinions. You, You totally just nailed it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And so those are legit fears and, and we all have them and they, they manifest in different ways. So my FOMO manifested in, oh my gosh, 31, broken engagement, no marriage, no babies. Uh, and then uh, fear of other people's opinion of why would, why should they want to work with me and yeah. yoga my way. And um, you're right. And we, so we all experience it. It just comes up in different ways and just, it's okay to experience it, but it's also really okay to establish a practice of how to know how to control it and take it, take back the fear and, use you know use it to your advantage yeah just because we're afraid doesn't mean we can't move forward right totally yeah do it scared yeah follow that fear <laughs> so that's what life is all about right yeah what i do i know georgia o'keefe said she was scared every single day and yeah. i i do things that terrify me every yeah. single day me too Practice. it's yeah it's it's living it's living a very it's it's being able to live a life where you trust something greater than yourself. A, you trust yourself and your, your efforts and your actions, but you also trust that like, all right, I'm going to take this step. This feels risky to me. And I'm going to trust that there's something else that's just going to meet me there. And this is all going to work out for the best. Yeah. So having establishing trust, um, I think is a huge part of being able to live a, um, be able to face your fears and, uh, conquer them. Yeah. And that establishing the trust is tricky. Oh, it is. It's not, it's not an easy process. No, no, no. no. It's, I'm constantly learning. There's another level. There's another oh. level. There's another level. Oops, you missed a spot. There's always another, there's always another level to reach for. Um, but that's what keeps life interesting and keeps it exciting and fun. And yeah, it's just, um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like my life's a roller coaster in a good way, but and other times I'm like, well, I know the flip side and I know that I wouldn't be, you know, satisfied. So you just got to keep, you just got to enjoy it and go with it. Yeah. I'm all about riding the wave and laughing at the ridiculousness of the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. You got to have that, that uh, humor and humility with it. Yeah. It really helps me knowing that no one knows what they're doing. No, we don't. We are all making it up. We have this habit as humans to look at certain people as like, quote unquote experts, but like, no, 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 no one's really an expert. No one knows what they're doing. They're all five-year-olds just trying to make it up. They're all like making up Calvin ball. Yeah. And I really respect people who are able to tell me, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. Yes. You know, um, that Will Smith movie. which one was it? Shoot. The one where he, oh, the pursuit of happiness. Mm -hmm. He gets the, the stockbroker job and they asked him a question and he said, he looked him in the eye and said, I, I don't know, but I'm the guy who will, who will do everything I can to find out for you, but I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I do know. Yeah. I mean, that level of integrity that that just, that and trust that that builds is you, you can't buy that. Mm-hmm. That is something that's so priceless. Mm. I'm with you. The power of I don't know. Yeah. 
it's a really okay not to know. Yeah, it is. In fact, I'm a fan of it. If somebody tells me, if I ask them a question, they say, I don't know. It often, it makes me trust them more. Yeah. Oh, totally. Because I know you're not making it up. Right. Yep. For sure. Well, this has been so wonderful. I really enjoy chatting with you. It has. How can people find you if you do keep your Instagram account? Like what, <laughs> what's your Instagram handle? Can you give us the website again? Yeah, Any I'm, other ways to track you down? I'm going to keep Instagram because I need to practice discipline to not go on it every, all the time. So I'm keeping it. So let me give you some Instagram handles. My personal one is just my full name. So Katie Conicella. Okay. Um, which I guess they can see on the podcast. how it's Yeah. Going. And then the bulldog yoga, there's the main account is bulldog yoga, one word bulldog yoga. Um, and then we've got a couple for our different local studios, but I would recommend just following the bulldog yoga account. And then if you're, if people are interested in trying the online platform, the classes, they could go to bulldogonline.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been so wonderful. This has been a blast. Thanks Katie. Yeah. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.